Well, hey, everybody. Man, it's so good to have everybody with us from all six of our campuses and all of you who are online. Man, we've got a really special treat for you today. And you know what? It's so encouraging to have so many new people who've just started coming back since the first of the year on all of our campuses. And can I just say, man, thanks for wearing a mask, you know, just for the sake of those who still might be fearful about health concerns and that's keeping them from coming back. Uh, I know it's a hassle, but you know, honestly, it's a small price to pay, you know, to make somebody feel safe about coming back to worship. And you know, in the kingdom of God, small sacrifices make a big difference. And I just want to thank you for being those folks, you know, people who are willing to do whatever it takes to show the compassion of Jesus. Man, I love you and I'm proud of you and I'm thanking God for you. Now, if you're here today for the first time, we're starting part three of a seven-part study about seven rhythms of discipleship. Now, let me tell you what discipleship means. It means to relationally learn how to think and act and love like Jesus did. Now, over the last few weeks, we've talked about the life-changing power of prayer, and we talked about sacrificial generosity and do just the huge difference they can both make in our world. But today, we're going to turn that gaze inward and look at our own spiritual health and talk about how God's power you know, can demolish any dark spiritual stronghold that has been secretly built in our lives because of some pattern of sin that you, know, you just might not even see. Now, when you hear the word spiritual stronghold, you want to think fortress. I mean, fortified position. And ironically, the Bible talks about strongholds in both a very positive and a very negative way. For example, now, if you're reading through the book of Psalms with us in our 21 days of prayer, just a few days ago, you read in Psalm chapter 18, where David prayed this prayer. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. Man, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, right? I mean, no matter what you have to face in this life, God is your stronghold. You get attacked, dude, he'll shield you. You get in trouble, he'll deliver you. Man, when everything looks like it's shifting under your feet, you know, God will be that foundation rock no matter what. Stronghold, awesome. And I'm telling you, man, believing God is your stronghold produces a sense of peace and confidence, you know, when you're going through the toughest imaginable circumstances. But the Bible also talks about sinful strongholds that can be constructed in your heart and mind when circumstances cause you to harbor some sinful pattern in your life. And over the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about how that happens and what you can do about it. Now, some strongholds start off bad, and dude, they get worse, right? Addiction starts bad, gets worse. Sexual sin starts bad, gets worse. Stealing, lying, destructive behavior, you know, obvious, I hope. But other strongholds are bad, but they don't necessarily start that way. You know, I have a friend in ministry who went through just a horrible sequence of events. Uh, his wife, I think, uh, started coddling a bitterness in her heart that literally eventually led her to mental illness. And then that led to adultery and addiction and a total destruction of trust and love in their marriage. And when that happened, it blew my buddy out of the ministry for a while. So literally somebody else's sin, and he wasn't innocent now, but somebody else's sin caused him to lose his marriage, damaged his family, looked like it might destroy his life's work. And man, he grieved that, which is totally appropriate. Man, he was justifiably sad and grieved 
and angry about the destructive choices his wife had made and what that did to his kids and what it did to him and his work. Dude, it was tough. He got rocked. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. I mean, life deals us some tough blows and we should be grieved. We should be justifiably angry about the destruction that comes from sin. I mean, Jesus got justifiably angry when sin hurt people or blocked people from God. But unfortunately, if you allow grief to just continue to grow unaddressed in your heart and mind, it could morph into something else. My fr in my friend's life, it morphed into what Hebrews 12 calls a root of bitterness in his own heart, which led to unrestrained anger that he expressed in unjustifiable ways that further alienated him from the people who were trying to love him and help him. And listen, all that eventually led him to submerge in depression, which was real, and eventually led him to think of ending his life. Now, he didn't see it coming, and he couldn't see it when he was in it because he allowed his justifiable grief and sadness to grow out of control and then just morph into a spiritual stronghold to which he was blind. And friends, it got worse and worse because he couldn't see it and he didn't want to talk about it. You know anybody like that? You know anybody's had a tough run like that? Have you had a tough run like that? You know, the CDC says that the prevalence of anxiety in America right now is 300% higher than it was before the pandemic. The prevalence of depression in our culture today, 400% higher than it was in 2019. People reporting suicidal thoughts has elevated 100%. Twice as many people say they've had seriously consideration of suicide during this pandemic as opposed to the you know, number that would have said so 12 months earlier. Now, friends, that's the world we live in. And you know, sometimes people ask me, Cam, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, let me tell you what at least one answer to that is. Because we're in a spiritual battle with an enemy who hates us, who would do anything to discourage and spiritually destroy us. But our God gets glory every time he loses, so the battle's worth it. But the point is, we're in a battle. And Paul said, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, the weapons we use have the divine power to demolish strongholds. And look how that happens. We demolish arguments and every pretension. What is that? That's the way you think that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And the way we do it is by taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Now today we're going to start a conversation about those strongholds that may start out as good things and then morph into you know, bad spiritual problems if they go unaddressed. And I have invited some special friends to come and join us today. Pastor Dave Allgaier uh, on our staff and Pastor Doug Spears from Life Changing Counseling Center. Uh, man, they're going to come and we're going to have a conversation about what we've learned from God's word and what we learned from our own experience. Man, let's welcome these guys as they come to teach us today, everybody. Come on. Let's welcome these guys. Glad to have y'all with us. Awesome, awesome, Glad awesome. To be here. Man, thanks for coming. Great to be here. Now listen, <clears throat> this depression and anxiety issue, Christians have typically been really hesitant to admit they struggle with that, yeah. fear it's unspiritual or something like that. But man, it just seems like it's accelerating like crazy because of this pandemic. Would you, is that the way it looks to you or is it just me? What do you think? No, I think you're right. I think that when you look at the pace of life, right. everything that happens to us day in and day out, family, 
trends, yep. work, economy, things that are going on in our culture, in our world, yeah. internationally. Everything just leaks. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If there is a potential for it to leak out, and then you throw in the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Everything just... Oh, yeah, man. and if you think about just the reality that a lack of connection alone oh, can, yeah. can send any one of us kind of in a, in a downward direction. I mean, that's one variable out of so many things that are happening right now. Uh, the, the reality that we can't, we're not, we're not meeting uh, on a regular basis, we're, that our schedules are off, that our, our you know, every circadian mm. rhythm and cycle, and, <laughs> and honestly, I mean, you know, we, we've just been telling each other, hey man, give yourself, let's give all of ourselves a little bit extra grace right now. Dude, I'm telling you, you think about the dark things that grow in isolation, and I mean, it's not like we're choosing this. It's been thrust on us, you know, because of this pandemic. But man, there's been some serious outcomes because of that, right? Yeah, and, and, and that's actually a good, a good comment. Dark things grow in isolation. Really Bad do. things grow in the dark. They really uh, do. And so much of, of healing comes from, hey, uh, being honest about it, even with ourselves, and, and bringing it into the light where we can get help from others, but we can get help from God um, as, as well. So man, I mean, this is a timely thing to talk about you know I've always heard that sin loves secrets mm -hmm. you know and I'm telling you pain is that way you know as long as we try to keep it yeah. secret man it's really hard to deal with yeah James literally says confess your sins one to another and you will be healed amen that's exactly right Galatians now. says share your burdens absolutely you have people connected in your life that you can talk to Man, it's almost like uh, God understands how people think and uh, work in the best way, right? Now, have you guys had any experience with the anxiety and the depression and you know stuff like that that well, seems to be racking us so hard these days? I'll, I'll jump in right away because I've already put my life now out he's there. Now he's gone to Midland, hasn't he? I, I mean, yeah, I, I've spoken about this to the Excuse to me. the church before, and right, right. In 2013, I was 43 years old. Or was I 23 years old in 2013? I can't uh, no, I think you were 53, but anyway, so whatever. Yes, right. I, uh, I'd, never, I'd never experienced it before, so I didn't know what was happening to me. Anyway, I don't want to uh, go uh, super deep into the story, but I got, I, my, my, what ended up being depression and anxiety was so um, completely overwhelming that it was debilitating. Wow. I thought I had a disease. I went, I was scheduling appointments with doctors and all, all kinds of stuff. It's given and, me... And Dave, this ahead. snuck up on you, right? I mean, you didn't oh, see yeah. this coming, didn't know what it was. No, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And um, yeah, and I will say this, that uh, it's, it's the most painful thing I've ever experienced. But you went to the doctor to get help. Yeah, I went to I went to like my primary care physician first. So like I have a disease. What's yeah, going on yeah, with me? Yeah. And um, but but I did ultimately um, I ultimately got a lot of help. Right. And I will say this too: one of the things you have to have when you're facing this, because there's so many people who are who are listening right now who are 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 suffering. You're hurting. It's it's a very painful thing. Right. To have 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 severe depression or severe anxiety and one of the things you need to hear is that look other people a lot of other people people in the bible people people life cha world changers people who have done amazing things have 
have walked through this. Absolutely. And, and you need to hear that you're, you're going to walk out of it. God is going to walk you through this season. One thing we say all the time is, that, man, when you're feeling really bad, your feelings feel permanent. Your feelings are not permanent. That's right. They're temporary. That's right. So you're not in a pit where, that you can't get out of. You're, you're in a tunnel, and, it's, and it doesn't feel good, but God is going to walk you out of that. And, and having people who've been there, um, and also uh, as somebody who from that time <laughs> back in 2013 has uh, uh, met with dozens and dozens and sure. dozens and dozens of people who've, who've, who've then experienced that, um, you're going to walk out of this with God's help. God, God will take you through this tunnel. And this is a kind of a <clears throat> beautiful example of like 2 Corinthians 1, 3, where yeah, it says that God helps us in every trouble so that we can then help others with the help that we receive. That's right. And you know, the church is just a beautiful place to do that. And I think sometimes, you know, people feel like, I don't want anybody to know I'm struggling. But this is the best place to let people know you're struggling because others have been through what you're going through right now and they can help you find the help that they felt. Now, Doug, do you, do you see that hesitance to? Well, in my life, uh, yes. Um, not only the hesitance, but, but all of us have to, you know, deal with those kinds of things. Right. For us, it was in 1981. Wow. Uh, Gail and I had been diagnosed with primary infertility. Wow. Yeah. And so it just crashed our world. Uh, my immediate thoughts and feelings were, what have I done wrong? Mm -hmm. What sin have I committed? Yeah. I was sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. walking through this alone and uh, Gail and I had to walk together yeah we just had to walk together praise the Lord but man. just you know eight years that we just walked through infertility together wow. dealing with all the emotions that come with that lots of people around us are having babies and we're thinking why can't we yeah. have them right wow and so uh, anxiety frustration stress depression you know turned inward lots of thinking about why can't we yeah. do this. And it, and it shows you too, because your story is different than mine, it shows you too, you know, my story had a lot to do with, with I have a special needs daughter, a lack of margin, I had a, a, a crisis in my family over a long period of time, I had nothing left inside. It, it's, it's really important to point out that this can come from a lot of different places, mm -hmm. which is why no one can just give here's the four things you do and right. you're going to be right. okay. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but, but let me say though, at the same time, um, there are some universal things that you can do that are going to help. So, so number one, that, that pain you're experiencing, yeah, there's probably, there's a primary place that, that has been causing that, that's mm -hmm. been pro producing the, the depletion in you that's, that's resulted in this physical pain that we call depression or severe anxiety. Um, and, and even though you, you're a unique person and your story's unique, the, you're, the, the situation is not unique. There's a lot of help. There's a lot of things that you can do to, to be restored. Right. So even though you feel just rotten right now, that you're gonna come out of this. There's a lot of help. And I love yeah. the fact that you said this is a physical thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I think sometimes we feel like or we fear that, you know, maybe I'm not spiritual enough or I'm not strong enough or whatever. But, man, this thing has, is physical. It has physical ramifications. Yeah, just have, hey, man, just have a, 
Have a have a better, po more positive attitude. Be, be positive. Just like, like, being being yeah. positive is actually helpful. <laughs> so yeah, but, I'm positive. I'm really depressed. But your brain, yeah. your brain is actually an organ in your body. Right. That that gets depleted. Yeah. If your arm was broken and you were a cast, you know, you're not like, hey, arm's broken. Yeah. But but when when our brain's depleted, we we don't see it the same way. And so we need to realize that that hey man, that your brain can can get injured in that way. This is one of the great things I love about having Dr. Spears with us. You know, you know, if you broke your arm, you would just go to the hospital. Right. And you would get it casted and you would know there's going to be a period of time while this thing heals up and I got to do things differently while it's healing. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when it's anxiety or depression or anger or any of these, you know, maladies that we struggle with sometimes, we're very hesitant to go to get help. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thankful you're here and a part of our family and a part of our ministry. And, man, I'm just so thankful that there are places we can go and get help. I know personally uh, I was struggling with anger issues several, several, several years ago. Dude, I spent two years in counseling with a Christian counselor just talking about where this is coming from, what are the roots of it, uh, what are the triggers for it. And man, it was so helpful to me just to go through that time, no judgment, a lot of help. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a godsend for me. And I, my only regret is that I didn't do it the day I got out of college. I wish I'd done it when I got out of college rather than waiting after I had my kids and got married and all that kind of stuff. So man, I just, I wish it had been, I wish I'd gotten on this sooner. Yeah. And I think the key that you guys are talking about is so important. You have to do something. <coughs> you have right. to do something right. now. Yeah. If you don't, then you just fit into the definition of crazy or chaos. <laughs> you were to looking feel. right at me when you said that, Doug. Come on, man. That's right. <laughs> to think what you're thinking and to feel what you're feeling and to do nothing about it. Right. It just it's just crazy. Yeah. Okay. You've yeah. got to do something. Yeah. About you're, it. Yeah. And you're you're just saying like, or, or you don't don't just. Don't just bear this. It's not necessarily going to get better, but it will if we take some steps, right? Exactly. You know, I love what Jesus, you know, Jesus said, unless we repent, we're going to perish, right? And I think what he was trying to say is if you're not willing to change, you're going to be stuck right here bearing this burden, letting this thing just drag you down, 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 down. But if you're willing to change the way you think, then you can experience change. And man, the, the body of Christ is the proto place to find people who can coach you and help you and encourage you and pray for you. And so, man, help's available if we're willing to go for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. You know, the Bible, does the Bible talk about depression, anxiety, and all of this? And then, you know, what are some steps we can take if we're struggling with this? What are some of the, what are the things we need to know and then the things we need to do if we actually want to get some help. All right, let's, let's like really jump in on this one together. So absolutely, the Bible talks about this. In fact, absolutely. all the time. Right. You, right. you can make an argument, actually, depending on how you, you, you look at the Psalms, that, that one half to two-thirds of all the Psalms are in the, in the category of lament. Right. And, and, and often those lament are per, a, a person. Sometimes it's a very high-level person like a King David, like right. a king, right? Yeah. Or, or, or a wise person and, um, who's saying, like, I feel terrible. I'm not doing good. I'm afraid. Help me, God. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a cry out to God, which, by the He's way... He's owning it, man, which I think is huge, right? Putting it out there, absolutely, which is why 
and, and, you know, even one practical application is why the Psalms is one of the best, maybe the best place to go to. Right. Um, because you can, when, when, you, when you're facing this, because it's a, it's a way to pray when you don't know how to pray. Right. I don't know. Can right. I say this to God? Can I tell him I'm, I'm upset at him? Can I tell him? You can't say anything that the Bible, someone in the Bible hasn't already said. That's right. And, and, and That's so right. it's almost like you, you have permission to, in a way, to cry out to God by just reading the Psalms even out loud to him. Uh, for me personally, that was something that was, that was very powerful. Yeah, that reading it out loud. And, and I love what you said. Some of the people we admired the most in the Bible struggled, you know, with these low times and anxious times. I mean, you did a message on Elijah a few years greatest ago. Greatest prophet in the Bible, Elijah, one of the greatest prophets, King David, Job, uh, Moses. Amazing, Moses, amazing people in history who wrote mm -hmm. about it. Abraham Lincoln, uh, one of the greatest preachers ever, Charles Spurgeon. Right. Um, I mean, just just an, an endless list. And so, you know, what I love about that is that whole idea that this is not something to hide. This is something to own. You know, when you're struggling with this, you are a link in a chain of folks who have battled the evil one through the centuries and you know what? It's our turn, and the Scripture gives us the tools to deal with it, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot the Scripture uh, tells us about it. I'm kind of curious what you would say would be the, the first step in, in facing it. First step, um, I like to keep things simple. And so the first step is to get the basics right in my head. Yeah, yeah. God's in control. He's in charge. Amen, amen. And secondly, very <laughs> simply... Uh, what Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Right. You're going to have it. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have stress. You're going to have worry. You're going to have those moments where you feel anxious, but you don't have to let those things overcome you. Right. right. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so I think thirdly, I realize that, that people are out there. You know, yeah. Get connected to people. Yeah. Uh, we're not meant to bear this alone. Right. Galatians says, share your burdens. Yeah. And then make a decision to do something today. Yeah. If you don't do anything, if you don't do anything to help your brain, because everything that we experience in this world outside of us is impacted, first of all, in our brain. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then in our emotions, how we feel in our body, our body keeps score about, about all the things that we think a lot about. <laughs> Absolutely. And then our behavior. Right. And so we have to pick a place where we can look at to make some changes in our life that we need to make. Do you think most people can figure that out on their own or do they need some coaching just because of the chaos, you know, that, that, that affects your mind sometimes when you're going through depression and anxiety and that? I mean, that's a great point. I think if people are willing to invest, you have to invest in change. Right. People can learn. Right. You know, there's right. all kinds of information out there and sometimes information can get the best of us and overwhelm us. Yeah. So we yeah. have to find good places for information, read the right kinds of things be a learner about worry, stress, anger, um, anxiety, depression, right. all those kinds of things that we face, be a learner, yeah. invest in it, talk to other people. You know, we have all kinds of resources out there that people can get connected to easily and just find out places where you can get that out. One of the reasons you need um, some guidance in this right. and, and a counselor is because <clears throat> of the way that depression and anxiety end up being uh, either debilitating or extremely painful. It, sure. it tends to come from, you know, it can come from a hundred different things or a thousand, but it tends to be a primary source. Yeah. 
um, that is draining you and ultimately depleting you. Um, so, and that uh, source has to impact your brain because everything has to come through your brain. Right. If it doesn't, then you're dead. Now I've showed, <laughs> uh, okay, so let me do That's something. Right. Let me do something. Then. Okay. So I, I've, I've showed this chart before. Draw me a picture so I'll be I able to I want to draw up. a picture and I also, <laughs> I also want to give like kind of a piece of advice here that, that I often give when, 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 when people have come to me and, 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 and even though there, there might be a hundred different situations, there's some, some common things. So um, we're going to make this super simple. Um, Good. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a three-dimensional, you know, face here. I'm just Don't gonna say off, this yeah, is it, yeah. this is you know, your head right here. Your brains your brains in here, right? It's up in there. Yep. Okay. So there's there's usually there's all kinds of things going on in your life, but there's usually something that mm. is depleting you. And so when it's doing that, and it could, you know, a discouragement in some form or, or a lack of connection or, or a crisis or something you're dwelling on. And by the way, um, and I think you would agree with this, depression, uh, uh, one of the biggest places depression comes from is dwelling on something right. too long. Right, right. We're, we're called to address our problems but not dwell on them. And there's yeah. a scripture about that we'll share in a second. And with anxiety... Anxiety often comes from, from pushing things down, mm -hmm. not bringing it into the light, into the surface. So when we feel anxiety, we tend to try to run from it, when actually what we, a smarter thing to do is actually expose it, actually mm -hmm. look at it and go, what is that? Yeah. That's anxiety. God, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so as, as we're dwelling on something negative or as something or as discouragement is happening or, or as we're in isolation, we're getting... You know, these negative, they're chemicals, neurotransmitters. We're, our brain is, is expending resources and an overload of these, what, what would textbooks in a simple way would call unhappy, you know, chemicals are coming into our brain. Unhappy neurotransmitters. And so often what ends up happening then is when our brain has expended its resources and all these negative chemicals come in, that results in pain. That's what right. it is. It's not just that you have a negative outlook on life. Uh, it's that you are in physical pain. And so, and here's, here's the part that I want to give you that is um, kind of a, a triage. So, so and you need to understand this too, because if you understand it, then you'll do it. One of the things you want to do then is you want to start dripping back into your brain happy neurotransmitters or happy chemicals. And so, you want to stop. This is why you need a counselor. You want to stop whatever the, wherever the drain is coming from. And that could be something even from your past that you haven't brought into the light or something you're dwelling on or whatever. You, need some, you, you often need a, a counselor to help identify that. Now you're in a place or even all along, where you want to start pouring in the happy chemicals. And so I have this question that I wrote down. It's a multiple choice for everybody here. <laughs> all right, the question is, when you are in painful depression or anxiety, which is the best area to start your healing process? Is it A, emotional help, doing things to help you emotionally? Is it B, physical help, 
And that could be all kinds of things, exercise, medication, whatever. Or is it C, spiritual help? And the answer is... The answer yes, is yes. The answer is yes. yes. Right. You do it all. That's right. You do it all because, and this is why there's a lot of hope in this. Right now, today, right now, right where you're sitting, the, the rest of the day, the next hour, you can begin starting to pour these things in. So the, the, you, you attack this pain at, at all levels. Right. On the right. physical level, you... you Drink more water, uh, lower your caffeine. I mean, there's a whole list of things. You can research a lot of this yourself. Exercise is essential. We're in a place where a lot of us have slowed down and we're not out and about. Um, get your heart rate up, you know, at least once or twice a day. Doesn't even have to be, <laughs> it doesn't have to be two hours, you know, some crazy workout. But every time you do those things, you're dripping in some of these happy chemicals. On the emotional side, you, look, we're all isolated, but we need to be communicating. That's right. We need to be communicating. <clears throat> so in a non-COVID world, it's like, hey, man, yeah, get in a group. Go to this group. Go. There's still ways to do that. We have to have relational connection. Absolutely. Have Absolutely. To have it. We have to have it. We, ha we can't survive without it. Mm -hmm. All kinds of stories about that. So you got to find a way to do it. So there's, there's a lot of creative ways to do it. Instead of going somewhere by yourself, call your buddy. Go to the coffee shop. Go, I got two chairs in my car. I, go, I put them in the back of the car. We go sit outside. We talk. This is what is, this has really helped me during, during this time. And so this get, is also the value of being in a life group, man, having at least a Zoom access to that. You've got to have people you can talk to, right? You've got to have that. And listen, if you're one of those people who isn't currently facing this, a lot of people are, please <laughs> reignite that life group right now. Yeah. Because yeah. more people are going through this in your circle than you realize. And then, so. That's so true. Yeah, so you're dripping in. And remember the why. Why, are, why attack this at every level? Because every little thing is helping. Every, every social interaction Every time you decide to walk outside and go for a walk instead of stay inside and just turn the TV on and isolate yourself, every time you uh, drink uh, more water instead of a sugary, <laughs> sugary drink, you eat a little better, and then every time you make a connection with God, yep. Yep. you're pouring something <clears throat> into your mind, and your mind is healing. And, 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 and that's how you walk out of this. You're stopping... Through, through help, identify where the drain is coming from. This is putting this all in a very simplified form, but it actually works. And then you're starting to pour in, in all of these areas, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, you're starting to pour in those good things, and your mind starts to heal and, and heals, and, and God and brings starts, peace to you. The positive starts when you make a decision to do something about it. <clears throat> When, you start to feel better if, when you start doing That's it. actually a great point. You actually, even, even the decision I'm going to do something brings, <laughs> brings happy chemicals, mm -hmm. brings hope. Now, here's, here's something that concerns me. And my buddy that I described a few minutes ago, his wife skipped all of that and went right to medication. Right. Okay. And I have an answer for that. cratered. Right. Which, and, and, and I don't... don't don't mishear me on this. 
I think medication is a blessing from God. It can be very valuable from time to time. And man, don't, don't just X that off. If I was a Christian, I wouldn't need that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they did not access the emotional and the spiritual and the physical. It went straight to the physical, straight to medication, and skipped the other two Yeah. and just cratered everything. Yeah, I'll say this, and then you jump in. Medication can be really helpful as long as you don't only do medication. Correct. So, so do medication, yeah. just don't only do medication. Right. Because um, we don't, don't want to, like, uh, keep people from something that can actually help them. We don't want to say, hey, don't do medication. No, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional, but right. don't just do that. Right. The part of the problem is, is that we don't know which medication works for you. Right. There are lots right. of anxiety medications out there. There's lots of medications for depression, and we just don't know which one works the best for your body. Yeah. Right. And so if you even do medication, you really do need to complement that with counseling or being able to talk to somebody. But the first place I think you start is in your relationship with God, and then Absolutely. you get connected to Absolutely. other people through a D group right. or just your friends and talk to them about what's going on inside your brain, inside your body, inside your life. And especially you know, if you're a believer, exactly. those spiritual resources, if that's first, You've then, got man, to do the that. Lord can work through all kinds of things. But if you deny the spiritual side, I just feel like, I feel like sometimes people skip that and yeah. it just doesn't work out well. Let me, let me show everybody something else, too, yeah. on the spiritual side. Okay. I'm going to go back to the board. Back to the board, Dave. Okay, back to the board. so listen. I feel like I should take notes. I want to <laughs> give you two other practices as well. That, and I'm going to do this fast, but, but again, anxiety and depression come from many different sources, but there's a couple key places that they tend to come from. Depression tends to... Tends to uh, build when we're dwelling on something too long, okay? Right, right. So again, a key thing to remember is address the problem, but don't dwell on the problem. And this comes straight from Scripture. So <coughs> yeah. the text is in, um, one of the texts is in Philippians. So let me read this, this text. Well, actually, I don't need that. I'll quote it, and you tell me if, it's, if I mess it up. Okay, okay. I'll, whatever I'll is true, you. whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, uh, whatever is lovely, if there's anything of excellence or anything worthy of pr praise, let your mind dwell wow. on these things. Right. When your mind is dwelling on problems, 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 it can't handle it. It's yeah. not meant to function that way. Right. And so one of the things you want to do with depression is you want, you don't dwell. You have to refuse to dwell on the problem. Address it and then dwell on something else. How do you do that? That's where you need God's word. And, and man, there's like a hundred scriptures that talk about this. <laughs> no doubt. Meditating on worry, God's words. If you worry 10 times a day, tomorrow you're gonna worry 11. Yeah. If you're anxious and thinking <coughs> about being anxious 15 <coughs> times a day, tomorrow you're going to do it 16 until you stop dwelling. Right. 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 And if you choose each of those 10 times to actually, instead of dwelling on that problem, and I don't know how not to dwell on it, but I'm going to choose to say that scripture instead, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. Or, or whatever text. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I do, and then the next time, and so those 10 times I do that, then tomorrow I'm going to do that 11 times. In other words, I'm going to reverse what I was doing. I'm going to blaze a new path. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there's, a, there's all kinds of science behind this too. This is from God's word, right. this capture your thoughts principle. Yeah. But I want to give you a really quick acronym. I'm do right, it give it to fast. us because we're running out of time. Draw uh, something quick, man. Here we okay. go. So, <laughs> so here's a quick, here's a quick acronym. ONAP, right? And you could put an S in there just to make it memorable. O snap, right? So the O, this is a process, right. is observe. Oh, man, I'll write it. Observe. Name, ask God, and then practice. I've, I taught my kids this. That's I've, good. I've taught That's great. tons of That's people good. this. And, and this is in several books. This is in... Uh, you know, books about neuroscience, all kinds of things. When you, what you do is you take two minutes, you just observe non-judgmentally your thoughts, and then you write down, oh, what, what, the, what are those worry? I'm worried about this. I'm anxious about this. And then you ask God, God, what do you think about that? And God has an answer in his word for all these things. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, I think you should rejoice uh, in the Lord. Or I think you should remember that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Or whatever, you know. Tons of things, and you can get help with that. You know, what does God, ask a friend. Here's what I wrote down. What does God say about that? And then you practice the new thought. So instead of, you'll, you'll tend to realize, oh, I'm, I'm anxious. And you'll realize, oh, yeah, I'm anxious because of that. So now instead of continuing that thought, I'm, get, oh, I'm not going to be taken care of, or I'm, I'm, the future is going to collapse, and everything's going to go to pot, whatever. Instead, you practice the new thought. You say, no, God is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. You practice a new thought. And here's the science behind it, okay? This is directly from God's word, capturing thoughts. But the science behind it is this, is that the more you do this, you, the old thought you used to have, the tendency you used to have dies. So the anxiety goes away. Right. And the new thought is grown. And, now, and that's called transformation. It's another way to look at Romans 12, renewing your mind. I love the way you said that. That practice of focusing on the good, focusing on the scripture, focusing on what God wants for you, starves the anxiety right. and feeds the trust. Right. And so the anxiety goes down as you focus your mind on Christ and on his word and his will and his, his grace. It starves out the anxiety and then it builds up that trust. It just keeps making you... Yeah, because we, 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 we know it says don't be anxious. Right. But sometimes we don't know how to... How do I not be anxious? Yeah. Here's a way to practice not being anxious. And over time, anxiety disappears. And that's that transformation of the mind that Paul's talking about in Romans 12 too. Right. Okay. So if you could do that, that mind transforms itself. Absolutely. You know, you observe, you name, you ask, and you practice. And then that begins to change. And then you could go directly to A, asking God and practicing that. And then you're building all kinds of positive things that are really changing your brain, literally changing your brain. Yeah, literally changing this your brain. This is where your spiritual life affects your body and That's your right. mind That's right. and your spirit as it's supposed to. That's right. Wow. Man, this has been great. Thank you guys for sharing with us. This has been awesome. And let me just say this too. We're going to talk about this again next week, but we're going to put together a list of resources that you can go to, uh, messages that you can watch, uh, podcasts you can listen to, books you can read, uh, scriptures that'll be a help to you. We'll, we'll have this for you next week. But there are steps you can take. And the first step, the first step, if you have never given your life to Christ, 
man, he is the source of strength and wholeness and wellness. Man, he makes all things new. Mm. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've struggled through. He is the one who can make all things mm. new. And we just want to encourage you today, if you're online, go to the chat right now. If you're at one of our campuses, man, come down when this service is over. Talk to one of our prayer team. Let them yep. pray for you. Just saying, I need help is going to trigger yep. and so move you in the faith. right direction. So true. And God will bless that. You know, it's just that whole thing. I'm not a victim. I'm not going to be passive. I know God is for me. Who can be against me? He's my rock. He's my stronghold. I'm going to speak out to him and I'm going to help ask him to help me work, destroy this negative, sinful stronghold of my heart yeah. and be a stronghold for me for the yeah. rest of my life. And friends, this is what God wants to do for you. That's he right. wants this for you. And he is waiting on you to take that first yeah, step. He's you, do it. you take the first step and you will sense the Holy Spirit empowering you for every step after that. So let me pray for you. And I'm going to turn this back over to our campus pastors. But man, we just are so thankful to have these guys share with us today. These folks Thank are you. here at our church. They're available. We're here for you. The Holy Spirit is here for you. Let's pray that we'll get access to that. Lord, thank you for this time you've given us to be together today. And thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to talk about, you know, these spiritual strongholds that are causing so much damage to so many people in our culture today. I pray, God, that we will not pretend anything, but, Lord, that we will fix our mind on you the Lord, you will be our stronghold, that by your divine power, we will tear down the anxiety and depression and all those things that hold us back. And I pray, God, that people will see in us a healing and a wholeness that will draw them to the Jesus who made us that way. And we pray all this in his strong name. And all God's people said, amen, 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 amen. 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 All right.